I'm really excited for today's message. Uh, it's the power of God's word. Uh, I love the word of God. I love the Bible. And I'm excited. Here's my hope today um, is to inspire you um, to love the word of God, but then to give you some practical application for how to engage the word of God in your own life. Uh, over the Christmas to New Year's break uh, on the 27th of December, I turned 41 years old. Uh, I know I look 26. Uh, um, that wasn't a joke, people. That was, uh, just, I really think I do look young. Um, um, in case you're wondering, this year, 27th of December, I'll tell you what I like later. Um, but I, uh, I turned 41, so I, I am old enough to remember, anybody else here with me, you remember uh, what it was like to drive before there was a GPS? Come on, you had to have an atlas in the car, right? Come on, somebody. Or how about this? You had to print off MapQuest directions. I don't even know if MapQuest still exists now. I don't even know. But, but, but that, that was back in the day, you had to like MapQuest. Listen, today they think we're distracted while driving with phones. Listen, I remember this. I, I started driving kind of, kind, of, kind of early 2000s. I remember I had a binder of CDs. Where you at, people? Come on. I had the CDs on my knee, flipping through it, popping it in, MapQuest directions. Kids these days don't know distracted driving, right? Like we did, okay? Um, but, but the MapQuest directions were only so helpful because if you came upon an accident, you had to pull over and figure out what to do, right? Because there was no rerouting in your MapQuest, right? You had to pull over, break out that atlas. Come on, like, okay, I got to figure out how to get around this traffic. Or if you came upon traffic or a road closure, you were kind of had to figure out how to get around it all. Well, thank God for a GPS. If there's an accident, no worries. Rerouting. If there's a road closure, no concerns. Rerouting. In fact, I love when you get in the car and like the GPS already tells you ahead of time, there's a road closure coming up. Do you want to save five minutes? You're like, yes, I do. <laughs> thank you. <clears throat> it's great. When my kids start driving, I'm going to give them MapQuest directions to make them feel the pain I did. Come on. Give them some character in their life, right? This is what your father used to do, right? Um, but, but listen, I thank God for GPS. And here's the reality in our life. If we try to navigate the complexities of life, the complexities of our career, the dynamics of relationships, the pressures of parenting, all of those things, when we try to navigate that as a follower of Jesus without God's word, it's like trying to drive a car without dated directions. And we will end up finding ourselves frustrated trying to figure out life and wondering, which way do I go? And here's the beautiful thing. God gave us a gift in his word. I like to call it, I know it's cliche and a little cheesy, but a divine navigational system that gives us direction for our everyday life, for our relationships, for our finances, for our career, for every aspect of our life, for raising a family, so that we can look into his word for daily direction as we navigate the complexities of life. Now I wanna to talk today about how do we engage with this word? And the word is important. In fact, John 1, 1, it says this, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God, 
And then it says the word was God. 13 verses later in John 1, uh, 14, it says this, that the word became flesh and he made his dwelling among us. Well, who is his? Jesus. That Jesus Christ was the physical embodiment of the word of God, the perfect, sinless son of God. So if in 2024 you want to deepen your relationship with God, write this down. Deepen your relationship with God's word. That we, we grow in our relationship with the word of God. We will grow in our relationship with God. And I believe you're here today because you want that. I, I said this last week, I'll, I'll, I'll keep saying it. If you want 2024 to be your best year personally, make it your best year spiritually. I believe that. I've seen it in my life and in other people's lives. And listen, for it to be your best year spiritually, it requires a growing relationship with the word of God. Second Timothy chapter three, Paul told young Timothy that all scripture, that means the gospels, that means Paul's epistles, that even means the book of Leviticus, come on, is God breathed. It's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Hey, can I rewind a little bit? That means sometimes you will read the word of God and you will feel corrected. You will feel rebuked. Can I, can I pastor you for a moment? If every time you read God's word and, and you feel like that, that everything I read I agree with, we not, might not be reading all of God's word. Because there's going to come time where I feel like, oh, okay, okay. You feel like, okay, God, I hear you. There's more you have for me. There's a, there's a higher calling you have for me. There's a better life you have for me. If you believe it, can you say amen? amen. He says you'll be equipped for every good work. Like God's word equips you and trains you for the purpose that God has for you. We're gonna to talk today about God's word. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today. Your word is a lamp for our feet. It's a light to our path. As we open it up today, we submit ourselves to your word today. God, because we believe it's words of life. And today, uh, God, as we surrender ourselves to you, we're expectant that you're gonna to speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Point number one today, I got three, three truths about God's word with some application. Point one is this, is that God's word leads me. God's word leads me. Psalm 119, 105. This is the foundational passage of this whole series. Your word, David writes, is a lamp for my feet. It's a light on my path. I love this because a lamp for your feet says, God's word gives me direction for my, my decision tomorrow, my, my, my today. And it's also a light to my path. I mean, it gives me direction for my future. Last year, I was, I was out of town driving through the mountains of Virginia, and I came upon some fog. As I came upon the fog, I had to switch my headlights from normal to low beams or fog lights. And the low beams, kind of what it does is it directs your lights to right in front of you. So it helps you to kind of see the road so you know where to go. Anybody ever had this? Sometimes life can feel a little foggy, right? 
I was having a conversation uh, earlier today, someone saying how this new year, it just feels like life is moving really fast right now. And sometimes it can feel foggy, right? Like career's going, you started back at maybe your schoolwork and kids' activities going, it just feels like there's a lot happening. And God's words are like those fog lights. It can give you just illuminate the path of what's right, in, what's right in front of me right now so I can make the appropriate steps. I can step in accordance to what God has for me. That God's word provides divine direction for our life. I love the Psalm 119, 97. David wrote this, oh, how I love your law. That word law actually means direction. That word law occurs 25 times in the the chapter of Psalm 119. On a side note, Psalm 119 is the longest chapter in the Bible. And it is all about God's word. I think God's communicating something to us. The longest chapter in his word is about his word. He says, oh, how I love your law. I meditate on it day and all day long. Your commands are always with me and you make me wiser than my enemies. You know, God's word will make you wiser than you really are. It'll make you to other people be like, wow, you're really wise. You're like, no, I just read God's word. (laughs) Right? There's tons of wisdom in God's word. Can I give you some of it? Some practical, helpful, everyday type of wisdom. It says this, do not go to bed angry, Ephesians 4. Come on. Nobody has ever gone to bed steaming mad and woke up the next morning and say, that was a good decision, right? Uh, James 3, James tells us that our words have power. We know this, don't we? Because we've all had our life hurt by words and we've all been built up by words. Our words have power. Proverbs 21, 20. I love this one. Again, so practical. It says a wise man saves money. And anybody who's ever had anybody, any debt in your life can say amen, right? It's wise to, to live a little bit of margin in your finances. Proverbs 19.11, it says it's to your honor to overlook an offense. Hey, can I give you, can I give you one more goal on your New Year's list? Is that okay? Here, here it is, ready? It's become a more unoffendable person. You want to have a more pleasant 2024? It's say, God, grow in me a big heart and thick skin. I want to be an undefendable person. I want to be hard. You got to work hard to offend me. That's a goal I have. I, you need to work really hard to really offend me. Acts 20, 35, here's some wisdom. It's more blessed to give than to receive. So much wisdom in God's word. Psalms 119.9, David says, how can a young person stay on the path of purity? Watch this. By living according to your word. That path of purity doesn't refer merely to abstaining from sin, although it includes that. It also means to live according to God's will. And how do you do it? You live according to God's word. Remember years ago, I was reading Philippians 2 one morning. If you're familiar with Philippians 2, Paul writes, to consider other people's interest above your own. As I read that, I felt God began to kind of highlight, um, and I'll kind of speak to how we can engage God's word when we read it, but, but God began to kind of put his finger on this scripture, specifically to be more considerate of Christina, my wife. 
to consider her interests above my own. And then I felt specifically kind of just the conviction of the Holy Spirit on certain areas, like to do more of the dishes around the house. And I said, devil, you are a liar. Get behind me, Satan. I hate the dishes. This can't be God. Uh, anybody else you hate doing the dishes? I hate doing the dishes. If I'm doing the dishes, it's because I'm feeling holy that day. Come on, somebody. And I love my wife. I love, I love my family. Uh, <laughs> last night, actually, I started doing the dishes after dinner, and I said, oh, you know what? I'm just not feeling it right now. I'll just put it down. Anybody else? Maybe a little too transparent. Take that out of the one line uh, service. I shouldn't have said that. Um, but... Uh, but I felt like he began to highlight, like do more dishes around the house, cook more of, the, of, of dinners and help more as, as with our better time routine, take more responsibility there with the kids. And she began to highlight, what, what, was, what was he doing? He was showing me the path of purity, the will for his life. And that direction has helped my marriage. And that's what God wants to do in your everyday life. He wants to help you at work, help you in your finances, help you in your relationships. And God's word is so practical and so helpful. I love what Jesus said in Matthew 7, 24. He gets real practical. He says this, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, watch this, is like a wise man who built his house upon the rock. He goes on to say the winds come and the waves come, but, but those who've built their house on the rock, man, they're unshaken. In other words, Jesus said, listen, watch this, that even when hardships come, Watch, when financial hardships come, the storms in your finances come, if you've built your finances on the word of God, you'll be unmoved. Hey, when the tensions that happen naturally in relationships, because they do because we're human, when they come, when you've built your relationships on the rock of the word of God, your relationships can remain firm and strong because you've built it upon the rock. Let me illustrate this visually for you. I want to show you, uh, kind of compare and contrast two different chairs. Uh, one of the chairs uh, that is there is the one, thank you, that you're sitting on right now. Uh, if you're watching online, this gray chair um, is what everyone in this room are sitting on right now. And I don't believe anyone in this room is sitting on this chair. Um, you should not be. If, that, if, if they gave you this chair, you are welcome to get up and move right now. Um, but... How many of you, um, with this gray chair, um, you're, you're confident this chair can hold your weight for the duration of the service? Um, I hope you have faith in it. I have faith in it. I feel pretty confident in it. I could sit here and um, the whole service and be able to hold my full weight. I could even sit back and um, yeah, enjoy the service, right? Um, how many have confidence that this chair could hold your boy? Uh, thank you. I got one person. Um, <laughs> A little bit of a blind faith, uh, but I appreciate the confidence. Um, I feel encouraged, um, but I'm not going to do it. In fact, I won't even illustrate it for you because I'm afraid of what might happen to this chair if I attempt to sit on it. Um, I don't believe it was designed for men of my size. Um, but, but here's what I want to say to you today. Is here's what Jesus says, that when we build our life upon the word of God, it's a, it's a firm foundation. Here's what he says. You can put the full weight of your life upon the word of God. You can put the full weight of your, of your marriage, of your relationships, of your parenting, of your finances, of your career, of every part of your life. You can put the full weight upon 
the wisdom of the word of God and it can hold the weight of your life. Here's what this chair represents. This chair represents every other ideology, philosophy, or idea that is outside of God's word. For example, if you put your full weight on the cultural trends when it comes to relationships, it might not be able to hold the full weight of your relationships. And we can see the cultural trends of what's happening in relationships, and we can easily see it cannot carry the weight of relationships. This chair can represent social ideologies, political ideologies, cultural philosophies. Hey, can I step on your toes because I love you as your pastor? Is that okay? It can also represent familial patterns that don't align with God's word. Can I help you out for a moment? Just because that's the way your dad did it and your granddad did it doesn't mean that it's not dysfunctional. Is that okay? Hey, just because that's the way your mom handled relationships and your grandma handled relationships doesn't mean it's biblical. In fact, for some of us, we need to recognize, hey, mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, I love you. I honor you. But I also recognize the way that you perceived men, mom, grandma, the way you perceived women, dad, granddad is not biblical. Therefore, I am breaking off that generational pattern in my life. And I'm going to build my life and my family, not upon the wisdom of the generations before me, but the wisdom of the eternal word of God. I'm not going to build my life upon the left or the right ideology. I'm going to build my life upon the Lamb of God, the Word of God in my life, that which will never change, that which will bear fruit in my life. Oh, would we build our life upon the Word of God. As the song declares, Christ upon the solid rock on which I stand. All other ground, all other philosophy, all other ideology, all other ideas are shifting sand. Build your life on the word of God. Build your life on the word of God. Build your marriage on the word of God. What's the word of God say? Pray for your spouse. Watch that bless your marriage. It says to forgive your spouse. Watch that bless your marriage. It tells you to lay down your life for your spouse. Watch that bless your marriage. Build your finances on the word of God. What's God's word says? The borrower is a slave to the lender. In other words, don't go into consumer debt. That will bless your finances. It says it's wise to live with margin. That will help your finances. It says it's more blessed to give than to receive. That's going to help your finances. Build your life. If you believe it, say amen. amen. What's that mean, pastor? Allow the word of God to be the primary influence in how you live your life. It doesn't mean you don't seek other ideas and resource and coaching. It just means you run all of it through the filter. You don't just take your family patterns as the truth. You run the family patterns through the word of God. I don't just take the way we've always done things. I don't just take the way what culture says to do things. As the truth, I run it through the filter of God's word. Here's number two. So God's word lead me. God's word transforms me. Romans 12, 1, do not conform to the patterns of this world, Paul says, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's a popular time of year. People are focused on New Year. 
new me, come on. It's like people are like, you know what? I have never ran in my life, but I'm gonna run seven miles a day. Come on, somebody. <laughs> it's like I have not read 20 books in my entire life, but I'm reading 20 books this month, right? New year, new me, baby. I can't stand the cold, but I'm cold plunging three times a day. Three times a day. I mean, I, I love it. I, I, I personally, honestly, I love this time of year. I do. I, I love the idea of re-envisioning, goal set. I love it all. I, I nerd out on it personally. I do. But listen, we all want to grow in areas of our life. And here's what Paul says to the Roman church. And here's what God says to us today. Listen, God's word actually transforms us into a better version of ourselves. God's word leads to a more patient Jeremy. God's word leads to a more loving Jeremy, a more kind, a more generous, a more gentle, a more self-controlled person. Allow the word of God to transform your life. Hebrews 4.12, the author of Hebrews says, the word of God is alive and active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even dividing spirit and soul, joints, marrow. It judges the hearts and attitudes, or thoughts and attitudes of the heart. The, the word of God is alive and active. It's not, not, a, not, a, not, just, a, not just a thing. It's, it's the word of God is alive. The spirit of God breathes on the word of God and it works in our lives. That word double-edged sword to give a sort of modern day metaphor is like a scalpel. Many of you are physicians or medical professionals in this room and online and you know this better than I do, but you know, scalpels used to cut away, cut away infection so that, watch this, it doesn't blend into the rest of your body so it helps to save and preserve and bring health. The author of Hebrews says God's word's like a scalpel and it removes, it helps to remove the sin in our life, the dysfunctional thought patterns of our life. So watch this. So when you read God's word, it confronts the belief you have that that sin you struggle with, that I'll always have this struggle. You know, my dad had this struggle. My granddad had this struggle. But the truth of the word of God tells you that, that Jesus says in John 8, if you hold to my teachings, the truth will set you free. So what does it do with the scalpel? It removes those false beliefs and it gives you the truth of the word of God. The word of God will confront the pride that you exhibited the other day at work with your coworker. The pride will confront the fact that money has too large of a hold on your life. It'll confront the areas of your life that aren't God's best for your life. It's, it's, a, it's a scalpel. It's a double-edged sword. So that in the same way you remove infection to save the rest of the body, the word of God removes that which can cause destruction to help save our souls and our lives. James 1, the brother of Jesus, says this in verse 23. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says. It's like someone who looks at his face in a mirror, after looking at himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what he looks like. James says the word of God is a mirror that reflects who you really are in Christ. 
the word of God is actually the truest reflection of who you are. Hey, right now, you might feel addicted to something, but God's word tells you you are free in Jesus' name. Right now, money might have a, might have a hold on your heart if you're honest, but God's word shows you I'm called to be a generous person. You might be offended and bitter over what your father did to you, but God's word shows me I'm called to be a forgiving and merciful person. God's word actually shows a truest reflection of who we are. So when we open this word every day and, and you look at it and you see it, watch this, and anywhere God's word, my life does not line up with God's word. Can I pastor you for a moment? I do not submit God's word to my life. I submit my life to God's word. I, I, I don't alter God's truth to conform to my feeling or what I want or what's popular. I, 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 I surrender my life to God's word because I believe it has the power to set me free. I believe it is words of life. If you believe it, can you say amen? amen? It's a reflection. So when I read God's word, I'm reminded that I'm called to forgive, not remain bitter. That I'm called to live righteous and not full of immorality. That I'm called to be generous and not withhold. I'm called to love not just those I like, but also my enemies. That I'm called to serve my spouse called to serve the people in my life. I'm called to speak words of life. The word of God reflects who I really am. Psalm 19, David writes in verse seven, the law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing to the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy. I love this. Making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. Verse 10 they are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. It's beautiful. I love how David writes about the word. He, he refers to the word being like gold. It reminds me of a scripture that talks about the refiner's fire, how God refines us, refines our hearts like fire. Reminded me of a story I heard of a silversmith. This woman went to visit a silversmith in their shop to see how do they go ahead and make silver. The same kind of typical method applies to gold. And the silversmith takes the, the metal and he holds it up to fire. She asked him, why are you holding up to fire for so long? And he said, to burn away all the impurities that are in the metal. And she said, how do, how do you know all of the purities have been burned away? The silversmith said, when I can see my reflection, in the silver. God's word refines us like fire. So when we allow God's word to take root in our life, watch this. How do we know God's word is refining us like fire? We are reflecting more of the image of our creator to the world around us. That I'm becoming more loving. I'm becoming more self-controlled. I'm becoming more generous. I'm becoming more kind. I'm becoming more righteous. I'm reflecting the image of the one who created me and loved me and gave his son to die on a cross for me. 
the word of God is the most accurate reflection of who I am and who you are in Christ. So what do we do? What's the practical, Pastor? It's great. Here's a practical. Is I submit my life to this word. I submit my heart. I submit my thoughts. I submit my actions. Watch this. I filter my thoughts through God's word. I filter my decisions through God's word. I filter my actions through God's word because this is the best for me and I allow God's word to transform me. Here's point number three. God's word leads me. God's word transforms me. Are you ready? God's word blesses me, blesses me. Psalm one, verse one. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Watch this. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season whose leaf also shall not wither and whatever he does shall prosper. That word meditate, to give you sort of an understanding of what that means, it's kind of a crude metaphor, but it, but it works. It's like a cow chewing its cud. A cow chews, he swallows, regurgitates, chews. Swallows, regurgitates, Choose. If you watch a cat, they'll do it all day. It's like, he hasn't got, gone down to get more grass. What's he doing? He's chewing. Hey, can I just help somebody out? Some of you, what you don't need, you don't need a fresh word. You need to meditate on the words you already know. I read. I think about. I live it out. I read. I think about. I live it out. I read. I think about, I live it out, I meditate. That word blessed in the Hebrew, it actually has three English meanings. You ready? It means you'll be more happy, it's happy, fulfilled in God's blessing. How many wanna be more happy? I do. Wanna be more fulfilled? I do. You want God's blessing on your life? I do. Right now in the New Year's, so many marketers are spending thousands of millions of dollars to market what? Happiness, fulfillment. If you subscribe to my program for $1,099, you'll be happier in 2024. The eternal word of God says, if you will meditate, if I will read, think about, do the word, then I will be happy, I will be fulfilled, and I will experience God's blessing. The last part of that, verse three, it says that your leaves will not wither. You'll be like a tree planted by rivers of water. It means regardless of what happens in your life, your soul will prosper. So watch this, watch this. In 2024, because we're human and because we live in a fallen world, you might come upon stressful seasons and events this year. You might face hardships. Watch this, watch this. 
God's word says, if you plant yourself in the word of God, that even in the midst of stress, you can have peace. That even in the midst of joy, you can be happy. It means my happiness and my joy and my fulfillment is not contingent upon all of my goals being achieved. It's not contingent upon 2024 being my best year ever. No, it is contingent upon me being planted in the word of God. I will be happy. I will be fulfilled. I will have God's blessing on my life. So I don't know what 2024 holds, but I'm going to be like a tree planted by the river of water that regardless of what happens, I'm not going to lose my peace in 2024. I'm not going to lose my joy in 2024. I'm going to be blessed by God in 2024 because I am planted in the word of God. I'm passionate because I want you to get this church. I want you to get this. The enemy will do whatever he can to get you to not open this book. I thought so many Christians, I need to get back in the word. The enemy's gonna come after you. He'll distract you with work. He'll distract you with these little electronic things that live in our pockets. He'll distract you whatever he can. Hey, listen, fight for this because if I plant myself in this, I'll be blessed. You cannot, I cannot control the circumstances of my life this year. There will be things that will happen in the month of March, the month of October, the month of June. I can't control. But I can control being planted in the word of God. My oldest daughter, Hannah, was in preschool. The teachers gave her an assignment. She had to take these seeds in a little pot of soil and grow a little plant. She was, she was, she was, she was so cute. She was fired up. And uh, for about seven days, 10 days, she, every day she got up, come grog, groggy eyes, she got up and she'd water her little, little seed and make sure it got sunlight. I was amazed because her room was still a mess. I was like, hey, could we, hey, come on parents, could we apply that same discipline to your room? Anybody else, right? You'll be amazed by your, by your kids sometimes with some things. You're like, wait a minute, your room has not been touched. Um, so for about seven to 10 days, this, this plant was flourishing. A little, little, little sprout coming off, a little leaf was sitting there. But about day 14, the wheels started coming off. Uh, the four-year-old attention span began to wane. And uh, next thing we know, there were some days she missed watering the plant. There were some days the, the, the plant didn't get sunlight. So sure enough, this plant that was so full of life and vibrancy began to wither and die. Here's what I want to say. God's word says as we, as we feed our souls on the word of God, there'll be a life and a vibrancy that will come to our life. Is it, it, fight for, remain in the word of God and you will experience that vibrancy in your life. Joshua 1.8, Joshua, the Lord told Joshua this before he was about to lead military of Israel. He's a government leader, a military leader, as many of you are. I thank God for you, for serving our country. He says, keep this book of the law to Joshua always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so you can be careful to do everything written in it. So watch this. Read it, 
Think about it, do it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. That word prosperous means God's hand will be on your life and push you forward. I want that in my life, I want that in your life. I'm gonna end today, very practical. So maybe you're new to the word, maybe you don't know where to go with the word, or maybe you're very seasoned in the word, I believe there'll be something for you in this, in this very practical part of today. But I wanna give you three final kind of applications of all that I've been teaching you to how to live this out. So here's the first thought. First application is to read the word of God. Read God's word. Aim for most days of the week. If every day, awesome. And listen, I got Sunday covered for you today. Come on, somebody. You're welcome. There you go. But... Um, here, here's some practicals, ready? Um, choose a Bible translation that you'll read. Now, maybe some of you grew up in a Christian tradition that thought more, some Bible translations were more holy than the others. Um, that is not true. Um, bless those who think that, but this is not true. You don't have to speak in old King James English and somehow it is somehow more holy than not, okay? Um, uh, let me give you a couple that I recommend. Um, uh, one is, is a new international version. That's what this Bible is. It's what I read every day. Most of the scriptures you saw today were new international version. It's what's called a functional, if you're kind of like this stuff, it's called a functional equivalency translation. Here's what that means. It's a phrase for phrase translation of the phrase in the original Hebrew and Greek to a phrase in the English. Um, they do that because it makes it more readable. There's also the New Living Translation. I love the New Living Translation. Very readable, very re especially if you're newer to the Bible, it is a great translation. One of my favorite to read personally. Then there's what's called a formal equivalency. Those are word for word translations. Let me be clear though, there is no literal word for word translation in the English. Because if, if it is a literal word for word, it would make sense to us because of, of the order of the words. It's different than Greek and Hebrew. Two translations I recommend. So NIV is actually the most popular translation in all the world because it's, it's very readable. It's very approachable. Um, I like it for me. It's my favorite. But there's the English standard version, the ESV. I read that for years. That's a formal equivalency. And then there's the New King James Version. Um, that Psalm 1 scripture I read was an NKJV, a New King James Version. All four of those translations are great. There's other ones that are also great. Those are ones I'd recommend if you're asking me. Um, if you wanna take your Bible game up a notch, getting a study Bible, um, those are great because they have basically like, they're a little more money. They'll have like commentaries um, on the, the bottom of the page uh, when you read the Bible so you can look down and see. Now you can obviously go real deep in this and buy commentaries and all that, but start off with a good study Bible. Um, I, I read the NIV Life Application Study Bible my own personal time. Um, I also have had the ESV study Bible, another great one. Um, again, if you're looking to go a little bit deeper. And then have a reading plan. Don't, don't do this. Don't wake up in the morning and say, God, what do you want to say to me? <laughs> Man, Leviticus again, you know? I mean, <laughs> if that's what God's telling you, do your thing. But there's a much better version, <laughs> way to do it is get a plan that you wake up and you're like, okay, what am I gonna read? All right, boom. Um, we have one, but I highly recommend, if you've especially if you've never read through the New Testament, join us. 
the Lamp and Light Bible Reading Plan. It's on our website. We have cards with, with January and February scriptures at the guest service area. We're going to read the New Testament this year. It's about a chapter or a little bit less every day. It's a great way to read the Bible. Now, there's obviously on the YouVersion Bible app on your phone, there's literally probably thousands of plans you can follow. Just have a plan. I would encourage you. And then... Um, how do I read the Bible, Pastor? Maybe you want to know that. How do, how do I go about it? Do I read like a normal book? Do I read it, shut it, go about my day? Um, here's a Bible reading method that is not, not original to me. It's uh, Dr. Wayne Cordero, a pastor. It's called the SOAP method. I use this method personally in my personal devotion. I like it. It makes sense to me. I think it's a great method. Uh, if you have your own method, whatever works. Again, there's no like more holy method, but let me give it to you real quick if this will help you. Um, it's the acronym. S refers to scripture. So start with the Bible. O is observation. So you ask yourself, um, when you read the Bible, when you read it, what stands out to me? Like what's, what's kind of, as, as I read through this chapter, what stands out to me? Um, A is application. This is where the rubber hits the pavement. How does this word apply to my life? And, and I, I think, you know, there's a few questions you can kind of start with if you're new to this. Ask yourself, is there a command to obey? Is there a sin to avoid? Is there an example to follow, like a person's life to follow? Is there a promise in God's word to be claimed? Or is there something to know about God in what I just read? So again, just some questions you can ask yourself as you read God's word. And then I always close with prayer. I pray over what I just read. God, give me the, the strength and the leadership by your spirit to live this word out. I don't want to merely be a hearer of the word. I want to do the word. So read the Bible. Here's second one is talk about God's word. Do you know for much of your Bible that we read individually, it was actually written to groups of people. The book of Ephesians was written to a group. The book of Exodus was for a group of people. So if we only read the Bible by ourselves, we are missing out on all that God wants to do for us in our lives. So let me be real practical is join a community group here at Catalyst Church on February 4th. We're gonna have a groups fair. We're gonna launch our groups. We're gonna have over 50 groups this spring for you to choose from. Um, there'll be discussion groups. We'll discuss the Bible or a book of the, or like a Christian book. We're gonna have a, a new type of group. I'm really excited for this, dinner parties. We're gonna have discuss the sermon from Sunday over dinner. I mean, come on somebody. A little taco night in the word, okay? <laughs> Uh, and then we're going to have growth groups. These are intentional, like, discipleship-focused groups, kind of going to walk you through curriculums. If you're like, man, I want to grow this year, get in a growth group. Um, lots of ways for you to grow. But talk about the Word with somebody else, with other people. It's really powerful. Um, for some of you, you've been a part of groups. Here's my, my ask of you is to consider leading a group. We have a groups area out in the lobby. We have some of our team there to answer any questions you have. But you can lead a group around whatever you'd like to lead it around. You have a book of the Bible, maybe a Christian book you've read. Maybe you want to eat. You want to do one of the dinner parties. Um, do an activity group. Um, but I would encourage you to lead a group as well. Applications are due next Sunday for that. Here's the last one. So read God's word. Talk about God's word. And then do God's word. A powerful two-letter word. Do. <laughs> um, John 3, 13, 17, my last scripture. Jesus says, now that you know these things, you'll be blessed if you do them. Blessed if you do them. I close the story. 
Uh, this year, you know, new year, new me. I'm trying to get, I'm trying to improve my fitness level. Um, and I am working with a personal trainer. And I talked to several personal trainers, um, kind of in prep for it. And one of them I spoke with, he told me, he's, after our, kind of our assessment, he said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to develop a personal plan for you. He said, what I want you to do is read over this plan. I want you to know this plan. And then once a week, we're going to meet and we're going to talk about the plan. Like what's working, what's not, what's effective, what's not. What do you like, what do you not like? And then we're going to, I'm going to hold you accountable to, you know it, do the plan. Anybody else you wish all you had to do was read a fitness plan and you got a six pack? <laughs> Bro, I would read an encyclopedia. Done. <coughs> but we know this in our fitness, right? The power's in the what? Doing. You got to do the work. Hey, the power is not just in the reading, in the talking. It's you forgiving the person who hurt you. It's you being generous with your resource. It's you growing in your kindness and love. It's you learning to say no to unrighteous things and say yes to living more righteous. Jesus says, if you hear these words of mine and you do them, be blessed, happy, fulfilled, and God's blessing on your life. You believe in church? Say amen. amen. Let me pray for you. Bow your heads.